your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 235 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We start today with some very exciting news. I think it's exciting news anyway. I get the feeling that most Ranger fans would probably agree, and that, of course, is the fact that Ryan Strom is back with the New York Rangers on a new two-year deal. Strom and the Rangers basically reached an agreement at the zero hour this morning. Strom's arbitration case was set to begin at 9 a.m., but it has now been avoided. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman reports that the deal is worth a total of $9 million. Strom will make $4 million in the first year, $5 million in the second year, and he will count $4.5 million against the salary cap in each of those two seasons. And overall, I really like the signing for the Rangers. Center is still a position where they're very thin. If Ryan Strom wasn't back on this team, then I don't know who centers the second line next season. He's also got fantastic chemistry with Artemi Panarin, and he's coming off of one of his best seasons ever with 59 points, which was third on the Rangers. So if he moves on, if you don't bring Ryan Strom back to the team this season, I don't know how you replace that kind of offensive production. And as far as how Ryan Strom is going to be used by the Rangers coming up this season... Uh, I don't think we really have to think about it for longer than, say, two or three seconds. You just keep him with Artemi Panarin. You keep him on that second line. Once again, this is a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we all witnessed firsthand last season what Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom can do together. And here's something else to consider. So everyone talks about how Strom's point total was inflated last season because he played on the same line as Artemi Panarin. And certainly there is some truth to that, at least some truth. But by that same token, it was also Artemi Panarin's best season of his career. He was a Hart Trophy finalist, a Ted Lindsay Award finalist. Who was his center for nearly the entire season? Well, that would be Ryan Strom. So I think we at least need to give Ryan Strom his due. I think it's pretty obvious those two guys helped each other last season, you know, because both of them had career seasons. Ryan Strom looked like he was just going to be, you know, a bottom six forward for the rest of his career, just kind of bounce around the league. That's what he's been doing the last few seasons up until last year when he really turned it around and really became a solid offensive force for the New York Rangers. Of course he benefits from playing with Artemi Panarin. I mean, who in the NHL would not benefit on playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin? But something else I think we could consider here is, again, we talk about how Artemi Panarin helps Ryan Strom's numbers improve last season, right? Yeah, that's fair. Perfect. Great. Who was the right winger on that second line for the Rangers for basically all of last season? That would be Jesper Foss. And listen, I am a big Jesper Foss fan. I think it's really unfortunate that the Rangers didn't feel like they could bring him back or just didn't want to bring him back. He gets away to the Carolina Hurricanes on a three-year deal worth just $2 million per season. So Foss is gone, but he was also the right winger on that second line for all of last season. And as much as I like Jesper Foss, Let's keep in mind, he's not exactly an offensive juggernaut. He's not known for offensive prowess. He's the guy that brings a lot of grit, uh, a lot of energy, some leadership. It's funny to think of Jesper Foss as one of the elder statesmen on the Rangers, but that's what he was last season. And just a grinded-out type of player, uh, kind of an underdog guy who was a six-round draft pick, had to scratch and claw and fight his way to get into the NHL, and then do more of the same to remain there. But he's definitely not an offensive juggernaut. Nobody thinks Jesper Foss is ever going to be a point-per-game kind of player. He was Ryan Strom's right wing for all of last season. So yes, Ryan Strom benefited greatly from having Artemi Panarin on the left wing, but as far as a second-line right winger is concerned, at least when it comes to points, just point totals, uh, Jesper Foss is below par. So here's another way to look at it. 
Artemi Panarin, he's the left winger for Ryan Strom. He has the best season of his career. Jesper Foss is the right winger for Ryan Strom. He also, offensively, has the best season of his career. This past season, Jesper Foss scored 12 goals, dished out 17 assists for a total of 29 points. Had the Rangers played the full 82-game regular season last season, Foss probably would have reached or surpassed his career high of 13 goals. I mean, you know, another 12 games, I think Jesper Foss is going to score a goal or two, so he'll at least reach his career high in goals scored and probably would have reached his career high of 20 assists. Again, he had 17 last season. I think you give him another 12 games, he's going to get at or near those 20 assists. Now, again, Foss numbers being up, he also, just like Ryan Strom, he probably benefited from playing on the same line as Artemi Panarin. But bottom line, Ryan Strom has two wingers who are vastly different from one another. They are very different hockey players. You know, Artemi Panarin, just the skills are just off the charts. He's a sniper. He's a playmaker. He's just an absolute point machine for the Rangers. He can score from anywhere on the ice. He can do it all for the New York Rangers. He's obviously fantastic on the power play as well. Jesper Foss, grinded out, gritty type of player, but both of them had more points last season than they ever had in their career. So that also tells me that Ryan Strom can mesh with a lot of different players. It's not just Artemi Panarin. You can put other people of different skill sets on a line with Ryan Strom, and they'll have a good chance of meshing with him. Bottom line, both Panarin and Foss, despite being vastly different players, just had their best offensive seasons while playing on a line that was centered by Ryan Strom. So at some point, you know, you can talk about how Strom's numbers were inflated from p playing with Panarin, and yes, that's a fair point to make, but at some point, you got to give Ryan Strom his due as well. I mean, this is a very high-scoring hockey team. The Rangers were fifth in goals scored per game last season, so there's a lot of scoring threats out there, and among all those scoring threats, Ryan Strom was third on the team with 59 points. At some point, that's not a fluke. That's not just because he's out there with Panarin. Ryan Strom's more than pulling his own weight as well. And again, if you don't bring back Ryan Strom next season and you're the Rangers, then who centers the second line? I mean, you can maybe make a case for Philip Heedle. You know, he's somebody that I think the Rangers would like to see a little bit more consistency out of before they put him into a top six role. And I do like Philip Heedle. I think he'll continue to progress and develop naturally, but he is still very young, just 21 years old. And so I would rather have Ryan Strom centering that line. It's a proven formula that works. And as far as other free agents from around the NHL, I mean, we mentioned a couple of these guys yesterday. We talked about some other free agent options last week. If Ryan Strom was not to come back to the Rangers, we mentioned guys, you know, like Carl Soderberg, uh, Eric Halla, Derek Broussard, our old friend, or maybe even Michael Granlund. I mean, I know he's mostly a right winger. I think he can play center in a pinch, but either way, I'd rather have Ryan Strom than any of those aforementioned players. Now, do Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin remain on the same line for the duration of Ryan Strom's contract? Because Ryan Strom just signed a two-year contract. We will see. These things are always subject to change. But again, if I'm the Rangers, I'm just not going to mess with success. I know a lot of analysts weigh in with what the Rangers could do as far as their line combinations are concerned. I've seen some opinions where, oh, maybe, you know, put Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin on the top line. Maybe stack the top line, throw Capo Caco on there as well. But I, for one, I still like the idea of Mika Zibanejad and Artemi Panarin playing on opposite lines because it just gives more players the opportunity to play on the same line as a superstar. Ryan Strom and probably Capo Caco, they both get to benefit from playing with Artemi Panarin. And then if you look at the top line, Pavel Buchnevich, Chris Kreider, they get to benefit from playing with Mika Zibanejad. And Kreider and Zibanejad have impeccable chemistry as well. I mean, they're basically at the same level as Strom and Panarin, so why mess with that? You don't need to force 
Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad onto the, the same line and have this, you know, super stacked top line and then lack depth in other places. And the other thing, if you put Strom and you put Panarin on the same line, then only one other forward is going to get the benefit of playing with both of those guys. Whereas if you have them on different lines, then four forwards get the opportunity to play with one or the other. And I think that's really important, especially with the Rangers having a lot of young players. And I just don't think the Rangers are at the point where they have enough depth that they want to just completely stack the top line and then just kind of roll with the best of the rest for the other three lines. I think you want to try to have some balance up and down the lineup. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, you put Mika Zibanejad on one line, you put Artemi Panarin on another line, and you let both of those guys boost the guys around them, which is exactly what happened last season. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go will help you break through your wall. It is the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and natural. And I can tell you from experience, it's a fantastic product to use before playing baseball, tennis, or even frisbee golf. Built Go comes to us all from the same people who brought us the world's fastest growing protein bar, Built Bar. It will help you break through your wall. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it every day with Go. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Built Go work so well? Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into my system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Another reason that I think a lot of us can and should feel good about this Ryan Strom re-signing is just the simple fact that it is only a two-year deal because I can understand if there's some Ranger fans out there or the Rangers themselves if they feel a little bit wary about signing Ryan Strom to a big money long-term deal simply because he has not produced at the level that he produced last season throughout his NHL career. We talked about this yesterday, but he has one other 50-point season to his credit. That was back with the Islanders in 2014-2015. Other than that, throughout his career, he has never had more than 34 points in a single season. So it is fair to wonder if Strom is capable of replicating that kind of success year in and year out. And here's another way to look at it. Think back to before the start of the last hockey season. I realize this probably feels like it happened about a decade ago at this point with everything that's happened in the world since then, but let's try our best. Let's go back to last September, last October, right before the Rangers regular season starts. Now, if somebody would have told you, if I would have told you that the Rangers were going to give Ryan Strom a new contract after the forthcoming season, and not only were they going to bring him back, but it was going to be for $4.5 million a season, you probably would have thought I was crazy. But Strom got an opportunity last year on the second line with Artemi Panarin. He took advantage of it. He certainly earned the pay raise here. But I'll be honest, I was pretty lukewarm on Ryan Strom going into last season. I just didn't think there was a lot there. I thought that he was just kind of a stopgap center for the Rangers. He was just kind of uh, keeping somebody else's seat warm, somebody who could eventually step into that second line center role, whether that would be Heedle, whether that would be Brett Howden, whether that would be somebody that the Rangers bring in via free agency, or maybe somebody that they develop from within, somebody that they drafted. But here's another issue for the Rangers they don't really have any prospects on the way at center. I mean, if you look at the 
Ranger prospects and some of the top names out there. There aren't that many centers. Uh, Carl Henriksen is one of them. He is right now just 19 years old, and the Rangers took him number 58 overall in the 2019 NHL draft, but I think he's still a ways away. I mean, it's not very often that draft picks make their debut in such short order. And now, obviously, with somebody like Alexi Lafreniere, with somebody like Capo Caco, it's a little bit different. They were, of course, taken number one, number two, respectively, in the NHL draft. I mean, Jack Hughes was taken number one by the Devils last season. He went right to the NHL as well. But if you're not in, you know, the top five, six, seven, you're probably, it's probably going to be a while until you make your NHL debut. And I I haven't heard anything where the Rangers think that like Carl Henriksen is going to be on the opening night roster next season. And even if you look at this year's draft, the Rangers didn't take a center nearly as early as I think a lot of us were expecting them to and maybe even hoping that they would. Uh, They waited until the second to last pick of the third round to take Oliver Tarnstrom a center, but it's going to be a while before we see him as well because he's only 18 years old, and unless you're one of the first couple draft picks, it's going to take you a while to reach the NHL level. It's going to be a long time before you see action in an NHL game. So, yeah, I mean, you guys, show me a better option than Ryan Strom for the Rangers next season. Because, again, we talked about some of the free agents that are still out there. Certainly they are options. But if you don't bring back Ryan Strom next season, your team is weaker. I don't see a way that the Rangers could have not brought back Ryan Strom and made their team better going into next season, at least as things stand right now with free agency and with the Rangers' own prospects. Because, again, there's nobody, the Rangers don't have a prospect center that's ready to jump in there and, you know, and play a top-six role. Here's another question that I pose to all of you. Uh, Strom, obviously, he only signs a two-year deal to remain with the Rangers for the next two seasons. What happens after these two years when Strom's contract again runs out? Does he stick with the Rangers beyond that? Does he sign a new extension with the Rangers and remain with the team for many years going forward? My gut tells me no. I just don't think the Rangers necessarily see him as a true bona fide top six forward. I think they see somebody who obviously clicked with Artemi Panarin, but I just get the feeling that two years from now, the Rangers are going to be in a position, Strom will be 29, so it's not like he's going to be ancient or anything like that, but I get the feeling that the Rangers will look for somebody younger, uh, somebody who has a little bit more upside, or maybe they go in kind of the opposite direction. Maybe they look into free agents. They might have a little bit more cap space by then. Maybe you look to bring in an established star and somebody who can uh, be a top six forward going into the future for this team. The bottom line, I just don't think the Rangers, everything they've said and kind of just the way that they've handled Ryan Strom this offseason, nothing really suggests that they see him as a superstar or an indispensable piece of this franchise moving forward. The fact that it's only a two-year deal, it also sort of buys the Rangers some time over these next two seasons to really find out what they've got in Philip Heedle and Brett Howden. Because, you know, Philip Heedle, he shows flashes. He's a little bit inconsistent. He tends to be streaky when it comes to points. You know, he'll have like a a five-game point streak, and then he'll go 15 games without a point. That's just kind of how it goes with Philip Heedle right now. But he's still very young. Brett Howden, I know us Ranger fans can be a little bit tough on him. I think part of the reason for that is just the fact that the Rangers clearly lost that trade where they sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Brett Howden was supposed to be basically the centerpiece of the return that the Rangers got in exchange for those two very popular players, and thus far it just hasn't worked out. But let's keep in mind, Heedle, Howden, they're both extremely young. They both have an opportunity to get better, but they're going to have to go out there and earn it. And if you're the Rangers, you're probably hoping that two years from now, uh, well, first of all, that you get some clarity. Are, are Philip Heedle and Brett Howden, are they fixtures of this team going forward? Are they going to be big-time building blocks of this rebuild? Or are these guys, do you just decide that they're really not that good and you either leave them in a bottom six role or you move on from them when the opportunity presents itself? We'll see what happens there. But what this does, if you're the Rangers, is it 
allows you another two years to see what you've got with both of these players, to see if you really think that Philip Hedel can be a second-line center, if Brett Howden can be a second-line center. And if one or both of those guys really start to establish themselves, then it probably works against Ryan Strom being back with the Rangers once again after his two-year contract runs up. Now, if both of those guys struggle and it just doesn't seem like either one of them is ready to become a top six forward in this league, then that bodes well for Ryan Strom's chances of sticking around. Maybe the Rangers try to do another extension with Ryan Strom at that point. Nothing is going to be a bigger determining factor than how Ryan Strom plays over these next two seasons, because if he continues to produce at the level that he's produced at uh, last season, then obviously he's going to be well within his right to ask for the same amount of money or even more money on his next contract, and we'll see what the Rangers want to do at that point. But going to be a very interesting couple of years here with the Rangers. going to be very interesting to find out uh, if they end up trying to keep Ryan Strom around longer after this two-year deal runs up, or if he's just kind of a placeholder. He's just kind of there until the Rangers can figure out, uh, get their hands on another center who they feel can be a top six forward uh, going into the future here. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, And unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Something else that's really encouraging about the Rangers re-signing Ryan Strom here and just being able to meet in the middle with him and avoid arbitration It's something that's been trending for about the past year or so. And if I could take you guys all the way back to last offseason, I think that's where it really began, at least for me. And it's a simple fact that the Rangers are becoming a very desirable destination for guys to play, whether it's their own free agents wanting to stay in town or perhaps even people from around the league looking to join the New York Rangers. Because think about it. Let's start with Artemi Panarin. He was obviously the uh, prized player in last year's free agent pool, and the Rangers end up getting him. They sent him to a seven-year deal worth $11.642 million per season, a total of $81.494 million. That was less than the Islanders were offering him. The Islanders offered Artemi Panarin a seven-year deal worth $12.5 million per season, a total of $87.5 million. So the Islanders offer a total of $87.5 million. The Rangers offer $81.494 million. So think about it. Artemi Panarin He left about $6 million on the table. And now certainly, you guys might hear these numbers and you might say, oh, well, who cares? I mean, he's getting a ton of money either way. And you're not wrong. You're absolutely right. But take the Rangers and the Islanders out of the equation for just a second here. Let's say, hypothetically, you're an NHL free agent. And I tell you that you could sign with Team A for $87.5 million, or you could sign with Team B for $81.5 million. And you feel completely the same way about both teams and the cities and what's best for your family. Every aspect is a tie except for the financials. Which team are you going to pick? You're going to pick the one that is offering more money. Even if it's just the tiebreaker 
for you to make your decision. So Panarin, yes, he was going to get a massive contract either way, but he took less money from the Rangers because he saw the Rangers as the more desirable team to join this past offseason. And it must have been for other reasons besides just the money. What were those other reasons? Was it the prestige of playing for the New York Rangers? Uh, the chance to play in Madison Square Garden? Did he like the coaches more? Does he prefer Ranger Blue over Islander Blue? Is it a combination of several of those things? I'm not going to speak for the bread man, but one way or another, Artemi Panarin saw the Rangers as the more desirable landing spot than the Islanders. How about Chris Kreider? Chris Kreider, he's obviously been a Ranger for his entire career. It really came down to the zero hour at the trade deadline this past season. Again, this feels like it happened about eight years ago, but be that as it may, if you guys remember, uh, Chris Kreider and the Rangers, negotiations were ongoing for weeks, if not months. They were trying to get a new deal done, uh, but the Rangers, they were in a tough spot because if they could not re-sign Chris Kreider to a long-term extension at or before the trade deadline this past season, that they were going to have to trade him. They really didn't have a choice. There's no way the Rangers could have just allowed Chris Kreider to play out his contract this past season and then just hoped and prayed that he would re-sign with them after the season ended because he was going to be one of the most coveted players on the trade market that season. It was him and Taylor Hall. They were the top two guys that were going to be available. It was definitely a seller's market. So the Rangers, if they didn't get a deal done, they were absolutely going to have to flip him to a contending team. But Kreider, for his part, he really could have played some hardball with the Rangers. And listen, I'm sure there were some uh, spirited negotiations going on on both sides of the table between the Rangers and Chris Kreider's camp. But the bottom line is, Kreider chose to stay with the Rangers, and he re-signed a nice contract for himself. Seven years, $45.5 million. That's an average annual salary of six point five million dollars so Chris Kreider's doing just fine for himself but if he really really wanted to play hardball with the Rangers and didn't want to sign the extension and just thought you know what I'm a free agent after this season that gives me the right to talk to any of the 31 teams in the NHL I think I can do better than 6.5 million dollars per season plus if the Rangers don't extend me here, then they're going to trade me, and I'm going to get to play the last half of this season on a team that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Then after that, I'm a free agent, and I can talk to any of the 31 teams. That's the situation Chris Kreider was in going to the trade deadline this past season. I don't know about you guys. That sounds pretty sweet to me. I mean, listen, props to Kreider for staying loyal to the Rangers, but I think a lot of players in that situation would have maybe just played hardball and forced the team to trade them, and then you get a chance to win the Stanley Cup that season, and then once the season ends, you can negotiate with any of the 31 teams in the NHL. That sounds like a pretty sweet position to be in if you're Chris Kreider or anybody else, but no, Chris Kreider stays with the Rangers, a team that really had little to no chance of winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, I know, listen, they made the playoffs, the 2014 tournament and everything. Uh, even if it was a 16-team tournament, they would have had at least a chance to get in. But the bottom line, the Rangers were not a Stanley Cup favorite uh, at any point last season. They were not a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And we saw what happened in the qualifying round. But Chris Kreider stays loyal to the Rangers, decides, you know what, I'm comfortable here. I love being a New York Ranger. This is a sweet place to be. This franchise is moving in the right direction. I got some great teammates. Maybe I'll even be the next captain. I'm going to stay with the New York Rangers, even though I could have a chance to get traded to a team that could win the Stanley Cup, and then I could maybe get an even bigger payday on the open market next season. Nope, Chris Kreider stays with the Rangers. That's a really, really good sign for the Rangers going forward. It just further establishes them as a place that I think a lot of players want to be right now. Tony D'Angelo is another example. Now, he got a heck of a raise. He gets a two-year, $9.6 million contract from the Rangers. So, obviously, that's an average annual value of $4.8 million. So, he's got to be happy with that. But 
you got to remember, he's coming off of a breakout season that saw him score 15 goals, dish out 38 assists for a total of 53 points in just 68 games. That's coming from a defenseman. So if Tony D'Angelo and his camp really wanted to play some hardball with the Rangers, uh, negotiations could have gotten contentious, but it sounds like Tony D'Angelo feels like he's found a home here, uh, likes where the Rangers are heading, and it sounds like both sides were pretty amicable to this deal. Uh, we could debate, you know, I, I floated out the idea of maybe trading Tony D'Angelo while his value is high, but defensemen that can put up points at that kind of a clip, they don't just grow on trees. And so it's probably a good thing that the Rangers held on to Tony D'Angelo and a deal that was fair for both sides and a deal that, you know, again, D'Angelo could have had a tricky market as far as trying to figure out what exactly his value is. But both sides, they worked together. They got it done in relatively short order. Tony D'Angelo back with the New York Rangers for the next two seasons, obviously wanting to stay where he's clearly uh, improved as a hockey player and seemingly has found a home here. And finally, fresh off the presses, our latest example to somebody who clearly wants to be a New York Ranger is Ryan Strom, because when figures were exchanged, you know, with arbitration looming, Ryan Strom and his camp asking for $5.7 million per season, the Rangers offered $3.6 million per season, and Strom ends up agreeing to a contract, a two-year contract that pays him an average annual value of $4.5 million per season. So they didn't quite meet in the middle. It was a little bit more toward the Rangers asking price. And again, it's just the latest example of a player who says, you know what? I like it here. I like being a New York Ranger. I've clearly rediscovered my game, especially in the case of Ryan Strom, and let's get a deal done. And that's exactly what happens. Ryan Strom, again, his camp could have played hardball. They could have taken this thing to arbitration. It did go down to the zero hour, but ultimately Ryan Strom agrees to meet the Rangers a little bit more than halfway just for the chance to stay with the Rangers for the next two seasons. So again, all this is very encouraging, and we're going to get the latest example of this in less than 24 hours because we're going to see what happens with Brandon Lemieux. Arbitration figures have been exchanged there as well. Brian Lemieux and his camp asking for $2 million per season. The New York Rangers countering with an offer of $1.075 million per season. And like I said, we will see what happens. Do they meet in the middle? Do they avoid arbitration? Does Brian Lemieux even meet the Rangers a little bit on their side of the asking price? Uh, either way, Brian Lemieux is going to get a nice raise because he was only making six figures last season. And I would think that Brian Lemieux is a classic example of somebody who would want to stay with the New York Rangers because he really carved out a nice little role for himself last season. He's clearly a guy who can impact the outcome of games despite not being a forward who necessarily is going to uh, produce in the point department all that often. Although you never know, he could always improve there as well. But I just get the feeling uh, Brian Lemieux is going to be the latest example of this, somebody who just wants to be a New York Ranger. He'll meet the Rangers in the middle, maybe even a little bit on the Rangers side of the asking price. Again, we will see what happens, but it certainly seems like the Rangers now, especially with Ryan Strom signing for just $4.5 million a season, will have enough money left over to get some kind of a deal done with Brian Lemieux. And I think if you're Lemieux, why would you not want to be here? You know, it's a team that's improving, and he clearly, uh, again, has carved out a nice role for himself. He's an important player on this team and somebody that I think will be back with the Rangers. And again, I think it's a situation where they end up meeting somewhere in the middle. But that will do it for today, guys. Uh, we will be back with a new episode on Monday. Again, Locked On NHL podcasts have gone to three days a week now that we're into the offseason here, but we're definitely going to talk more about Brian Lemieux next week because by then, uh, either the Rangers and Lemieux will have agreed to a new deal or it would have gone to arbitration. So the next time we get together, uh, we'll definitely have a lot more to talk about as it pertains to Brian Lemieux. Fingers crossed that they get a deal done with Lemieux as well. But yes, that will do it for today. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. Have a great weekend. I'll see you next time.